I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Thank you for listening to More Christianity. More Christianity is the book I've written to share the Catholic faith with evangelical Christians. You might know that I was brought up in an evangelical home, and I have a passion to share the fact that Catholicism is not something different, it's something more. And so we go through the different doctrines of the Catholic faith and explain them to evangelicals in a friendly way, not saying, we're right, you're wrong, but affirming everything which is good about their sincere devotion to Jesus Christ, but summoning them to come further up and further in and to share in the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. More Christianity is available to purchase from my website, DwightLongenecker.com. Go there and look for that and take a minute to browse my other books as well. And now, let's get started with more Christianity. Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and this is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. We have a different guest every week. Uh, we talk to architects and liturgists. We talk to musicians, writers, bloggers, converts, all sorts of guests who are interested and enthusiastic about the Catholic faith and are involved in their own way, spreading the faith, promoting the faith, and building up fellow Catholics as we seek to serve Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, your host, and today my guest is writer and blogger Kathy Schiffer, blogging over at Seasons of Grace, which is on the Pathios channel. And Kathy's my guest here today on More Christianity. Welcome, Kathy Schiffer. Hi, thank you very much, Father Dwight. Now, Kathy, you're an enthusiastic writer and blogger and helping to promote the faith through all sorts of uh, different new media channels, but especially we're talking today about the medium of blogging. And uh, I wonder how much you know, actually know about the history of blogging. Have you read up on that? As a matter of fact, this is how I got into it. I had wanted to write a book, and I attended a conference at Catholic Writers Guild where I met a number of authors and publishers and people who were involved in the business, and everybody said the same thing. If you want to publish a book, you've got to have a blog because that'll build it. And if you want to have a blog, you've got to be on Facebook and you've got to be on other social media. And I went home and did all of that. And uh, I am not one of the early bloggers. I know that it's been going on for quite a while. My blog actually started about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I have been an almost daily blogger since that time. A, a very prolific blogger, too. I like reading your blog, Seasons of Grace. You've got lots of uh, wit on there, lots of wisdom, and lots of insights from your particular point of view. You know, the history of blogging, it's not really that old a medium. It started uh, back in the 1990s when people just began to use the Internet in order to keep a journal. In fact, the name blog comes from weblog, meaning a log that's on the web. And so people would keep a journal just for their friends and family, for people to tune in and, and, and uh, join in and see what they were saying. And that grew, and people soon realized it's a, a new form of, of actual communicating with a large number of people if they all sign up. So what is it like now for you? I know you're one of my fellow bloggers at Pathios. My, my blog, Standing on My Head, you know, reaches a pretty wide audience. Do you get a readership from around the world? I mean, what, what's it like for you, Kathy? I do. It's, it's been a slow and steady growth. I'm amazed by the number of people. You know, I had been blogging only a few months, and I was invited by the Vatican to attend the Vatican Blog Fest. It was the first time that they brought together 150 writers from around the world to talk about blogging. And one of the things that they talked about is how 
the Pope, now that was Pope Benedict at the time, Pope Benedict didn't really have the time to get online, and he didn't have a Facebook account at the time, and he didn't blog, but what he did in the morning, he read sort of reviews of all of our blogs. So the Pope was reading your blog, Kathy? I guess it has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I I kind of pay particular attention to how many readers I have from Italy, Uh because I think, okay, there's the Pontifical Council for Social Communications and so on, and I worry about that. When I find out that somebody important or somebody very knowledgeable within the church is is reading what I write, I always just breathe a big sigh and say a prayer, because what are you going to do? I am not a theologian. Uh, I am pretty much the jack-of-all-trades blogger. But this is why and, blogging is so interesting to me as a new form of communication. You know, the reason I got started blogging back in 2006, people said, why would you start blogging, Father? I said, well, you know, I had all these ideas for articles and posts and things I wanted to write, which I knew would never get published, either because they were no good or because <laughs> they were obscure or the references were – or I was doing something wildly creative. And it's not the sort of thing which most editors are going to pick up and put in the newspaper. And I said, well, here's a place that I can actually write this stuff, and maybe somebody will read it. So I started blogging for that reason. And I don't know if you found this as well, but it is one of the exciting things about blogging is that you're the boss. You don't have any editor to please, and you can pump out there whatever you like. That's right, and it's wonderful. I tend to divide my blog up. I think of it as a means to inform and entertain and inspire. Mm -hmm. And... And I think the entertainment is an important part, even if it's not specifically spiritual, because it draws people in who then might read one of the posts that's designed to inform. Exactly. So, so tell us, and I mix it up. Tell us what you do to entertain your readers. I will occasionally post cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, find something that's completely outrageous. One of the posts that really got a big readership was a story that I had found about a man who sued his wife because she gave birth to an ugly baby. And he won. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, something like that, it's not that that's comedy, but but isn't that both comical and tragic? Exactly. It's a human interest story. it's something that was picked up. Good. Well, I try to do the same thing over at my blog, Standing on My Head, and entertain, inform. And sometimes, I have to admit, uh, maybe you do the same. You can get a little bit controversial on a blog, and there's no editor standing there ready to say, ooh, you can't say that, it'll offend the advertisers. You can go ahead and... and, uh, stir the pot a little bit and and get conversations going. Isn't that the other cool thing about blogging, Kathy, that it's an interactive medium? And the things that happen in com boxes are sometimes every bit as good as what's happening on a blog and sometimes very argumentative. Yes. Um, I like it when I get intelligent and well-reasoned people who disagree with me on Mm -hmm. something. But there is a lot of just flaming of one another, too, that goes on. And I occasionally cut or block people if they're just completely out of bounds in their remarks and disrespectful of right. other readers. Yeah, I don't know about you. I, I have a very open com box. I, I basically approve anything that anybody writes on there, except if it's uh, intentionally blasphemous or if they're using foul language or they're writing very, yes. very, very, very long comments which go on and on and on. I'll usually cut those. But otherwise, if it, they keep it to a comment, I let the conversations go on and I, I let people comment. Is is that your your position as well? Yes, I do. And in fact, if you've got one person who is commenting whose whose opinion is what I consider a lousy opinion, that will feed the others and get their response. 
and really draw out some good insights from people. So I appreciate it when that happens. So here we have a new medium where anybody can blog. It's free. Uh, and anybody can get conversations going. It's interactive. The other amazing thing about a blog, of course, is that it's it's international. Do you ever follow your readership uh, with with the technology that allows allows you to track readers? Do you, do you ever track and find out what countries they're coming from? I do it all the time. I check Google Analytics, mm-hmm. and I'm able to see where in the world. And of course, there's a preponderance of readers in English speaking countries. So the ones at the top of the list are going to be England, Ireland, uh, Australia, and then some surprises. And if it's a, an important post, a big post that has drawn a lot, I'll have people all over the world, you know, in every continent. And it is absolutely amazing that things can get out that way. We can reach people that aren't in church and may not get there, but they're listening to what we have to say. Right. So it's publishing on a global range immediately, instantaneously, and free. I mean, how awesome is that? Do you think St. Paul would have had a blog if he were living today? Now, don't you think so? And Jesus, just in talking to the people, wouldn't he have done well had he been able to blog and get it out to everybody all at once instead of waiting for the apostles to write those Gospels? Jesus on Twitter. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Kathy Schiffer is my guest today. You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, the host, and we're talking about the great advantages of keeping a blog. Kathy blogs at Seasons of Grace over at Pathios. Go over and join Kathy on her blog and and follow what she says each day. Now, sometimes, Kathy, on my blog, I have this one picture of a hungry-looking ogre, and my title will be, The Blog is a Hungry Beast. Uh, and I'll apologize to my readers because I haven't been blogging for a few days. How important is it for you as, as a Catholic blogger to blog every day? Well, I have a full-time job. Sometimes I just can't, but it does make a big difference in numbers. And if I have taken a break, I've had five or six days in a row where I've just been too busy. One thing that I'm still able to do is pull things up from the past and modify them and redate them, and I do that once in a while. But I also just miss days, and you lose your following a little bit when that happens. Because the blog is a hungry beast, and the readers are used to getting a high level of both quality and quantity content from bloggers. I guess if there are any budding bloggers out there, we can encourage you. But Kathy and I would both say you better be quick on the draw and be able to produce stuff on a regular exactly. uh, on a regular basis. I have a. I have a file cabinet full of ideas that didn't come to fruition because I was busy that day and six other people had had hit that story before I got it out. I just kind of shrugged it off. And how long are your blog posts typically? Pretty short, shorter than some people's. I give myself the freedom to tell a longer story if I need to, but I'm likely to do 600 words, 700 words, sometimes less. Now, Kathy, what I want to ask you about is um, how blogging uh, interacts with our call to the new evangelization. Pope John Paul II and then Benedict XVI remind us of our call to be missionaries in the world, to spread the gospel, to get the good news out there. Blogging gives us one of the facilities, as I said, to do this on a global level. What do you think are some of the, the difficulties within that? There are difficulties, and one of the things that I do with my blog, intermittently I post stories about saints. I post stories about news out of Rome or what the Pope has been doing, and I teach. And if I'm talking about a current events issue, I will close with a scripture that relates, Mm -hmm. that, you know, try to look for a purpose in what I'm talking about. And that I see as part of the new evangelization. 
Okay. One of the difficulties in communicating with our culture is that they have – a lot of people have a bias against Christianity. We're trying to evangelize in a culture where an awful lot of the people, they know about Christianity, but sadly what they know is very often partial or it's biased or it's downright wrong. And therefore we're – unlike the first apostles and, and, and uh, primary evangelism, which takes place to people who know nothing about Jesus Christ and the faith and the church, we're trying to evangelize to a population who do know the basics of, of the Christian faith and Christian morality and the church, but it's all mixed up with a lot of <laughs> misconceptions. How, how do you deal with all that? Absolutely. Sometimes I'll deal with it by referring back to another article that came out in the New York Times or the Huffington Post. Oh my gosh, they're a fodder for stories because of their misunderstanding about what the Pope really said in Rio or about what actually happened in, in Rome. And, and it's a good opportunity to tell the story to correct the minor differences and teach well, and I'll extract a, a, a paragraph from the catechism. Mm-hmm. Kathy, who are your readers? Do you have any idea? I don't exactly know how to judge that. Uh, judging from comments, I would say I have more males who comment than I do females. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a mommy blogger. I'm a mommy. I've got three grown children, but I don't talk about diaper changing and keeping kids quiet in church. I do once in a while. I'll do those things. But... Uh, For the most part, I'm talking about ideas in the larger culture, and it seems to attract men. Do you find that you're attracting non-Catholic Christians or agnostics and atheists? Do they drop by your blog? Yes, they do, and it pleases me just immensely. Um, I do get comments, or I'll get honest, earnest-seeking questions. Mm -hmm. And I... What a, what a wonderful opportunity then to draw somebody, to give them just a little bit more information and information in a positive light. And that's what I see as my role. So you're evangelizing, it, throwing the blog open, as it were, to all the people who, who want to, to be in touch with you and answering their questions in the com box if they get back to you. I do. And the other thing that I'll do when I publish a blog post, I'm going to then post it on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Google+, on Twitter – in those different places, and I'll get comments there or questions. And it's another opportunity to extend the outreach of the blog in another venue and to welcome people in and to say, well, you know, I wrote about this in this post and linked to an older post that talks about what they've been asking about. So you use social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and so forth, to extend the reach of your blog. Yes. Right. So when you write a blog post, you then go ahead and promote it or link it in these other social media, which then sometimes it can go viral. It can, it can, it can tumble on and snowball. Uh, have you had any blog posts in particular which has caught a lot of attention? <laughs> I certainly have. I've had blog posts, posts that have been shared 10,000 times. I did a post on, on uh, President Obama in Ireland. Uh-huh. And I had a quote from his talk, and he was um, concerned about Catholic education in Ireland, that it was divisive, and maybe we needed to end that. And that one just went everywhere, and it continues to go everywhere. It just somehow, I was the first one to say it. Here's a little tip. Just sometimes I read newspapers in foreign languages, 
And I have learned that it really helps because there's always a translate button. And even if you get a bad translation, you've got a story that hasn't been picked up yet in the United States. Uh And people need to know and will be interested in knowing about it. I read the Daily Telegraph from London, which isn't exactly in a foreign language. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. what happens is because of the time lag, I'll wake up first thing in the morning and I'll check on the Daily Telegraph and very often there will be something hitting the news there which hasn't yet hit the United States. Exactly. And then you've got a scoop. I use the Vatican's website, news.va. This happened to me on the resignation of Pope Benedict. I woke up that Monday morning and so, hey, the Pope's resigned and immediately got onto my, <laughs> onto my blog and uh, okay. was one of the first bloggers to be beginning to comment on, on it. Then you're right. Then your, your number of visitors goes through the roof and, and uh, the right news is getting out there with, with a truthful comment rather than, you know, the mainstream media's reporting on Catholic issues is at best um, ignorant and sometimes willfully misleading. Now, we talked about the combox, which is a slang for a comment box. People who are unfamiliar with, with blogs, you, you can read the blog and then click to, to make a comment and go in there and engage in discussion. Very often with the blogger himself or herself, certainly with other readers uh, who go in and read the comments and, and reply and comment on the comments. So in the com mm-hmm. box, uh, Kathy, have you noticed recently or over the years that sometimes there's a, a real uh, kind of ugliness and aggression from people? There is. There's a lot of anger. And I have, I have had to step in a couple of times and pull some out. I had one, one guy that I just blocked because he was virulently angry against the Catholic Church, and he was so uninformed. It was, he was just throwing spitballs, and uh, uh, obscene spitballs, that is, and I blocked him. And I think people were grateful for that because it had just gone on and on. And uh, I wish him well. I hope he still reads but I don't really care what he has to say. Yes, I've had the same thing. People not only making very ugly comments, but ignorant comments, and sometimes the level of rage and anger, I don't know if you found this, but the level of rage and anger in the com boxes from people who seem to hate Jesus Christ and his church is frightening. Mm -hmm. It is frightening. I mean, if you could see these people, I guess they must be fuming with a kind of inner rage and fury, which is difficult to even know what to do. It's totally irrational. They're, they're, they're not hearing any kind of rational or reasonable arguments or discussions. Do you think that's a widespread thing, or is it just that there's a few loonies always in the population, and, and those people are attracted to, to blog comboxes, especially yours and mine? <laughs> well, I think that there are people out there who do that. The same person who is... is uh, flaming in my combox, we'll be doing it with others of the Pathos writers too. Uh, Elizabeth Scalia and Deacon Greg, Can- well, Deacon Greg Cantor closed his comments because he just grew tired of it and he was reporting news. But but it's not uh, helpful to have somebody doing that. I mean, I don't want my readers, I don't want my readers to be insulted mm-hmm. uh, by comments that others are making, and I don't want them to insult one another. I'd, I'd like to bring it to a higher level of discourse, and I have to say I'm not always successful with that, but that's the goal. One of the other things that I find exciting about blogging is how much the mainstream media, the traditional media of newspapers and radio and magazines, how much they're tuning into blogs and how many Washington Post, New York Times, Time Magazine will very often quote so-and-so blogger on this subject and so-and-so blogger on that subject. And 
we're kind of carving out a place for ourselves in the in the media, which is valuable voices which have never been heard before, not just in religion, but in a whole range of different topics and subjects. What do you think is the future of blogging, especially Catholic blogging? Where, where are we going? What, where, where, what's developing? I think it's going to continue to grow uh, as, as really newspapers continue to decline. I'm sorry because there are some that I want to be able to read, but people read online. I don't want to have to throw away all that paper in my trash anymore, so I don't take a hard copy. I get up in the morning and I do read the local news, but that's how I read it. I read it on the Internet. And um, I hope that my blog draws people in that same way. And I predict that that will continue to happen. Now, maybe it'll be like MySpace and 10 years from now, there will be something different and better, but I don't know about it. One of the things I've been invited to do is to create a premium blog, which moves into using a lot of the different technologies other than just writing. At the moment, the blog is text. I write a post, you write a post, and I usually illustrate mine with a picture if I can. Uh, Sometimes I'll put a link to a YouTube video or something on there for the entertainment value. But the proposal for the new premium blog is that I would be not only writing a blog post, but providing video content right in the blog itself and providing podcasts which come from the blog, providing animated links to uh, other Mm -hmm. video material and so forth. Are you talking about putting your homilies on a blog or um, a a reading of your blog so that people can hear it in the car? Yeah, uh, uh, homilies going up there or, yes, doing the daily reading as an audio post that people can uh, download Mm -hmm. as a podcast. Also, short video clips which would go on uh, giving special instruction and having an interactive element to it so that if they joined the premium blog, you would actually sort of promise to engage in conversations with the people who signed up and so forth. And it's much more interactive. In other words, it's it's becoming a uh, a channel for a whole range of different communications. And is that by subscription? So they pay fifteen dollars a year or something like that. To the idea is yes. The idea with a premium blog is that it's actually subscription. So uh, mm-hmm. they're moving away from everything being free, uh, and you subscribe to the subscription blog. But of course, then you don't have to put up with ads because you're paying a subscription. So. <laughs> It takes a lot of my time to write a blog. It takes a lot of time, but there aren't that many. I don't get that much money. Right. And this is one of the problems with um, providing a premium blog. I'm already as busy as I can be, and the idea that we're, we're going to start producing video and audio material and so forth, it's 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 tough to find the time to, to do all of this. Kathy, that's the future of blogging, maybe going in the direction of subscription blogs, premium blogs. What's going to happen with the traditional media? You mentioned newspapers. Uh, what about magazines and uh, journals and so forth? I used to have a lot of magazine subscriptions. I honestly do not anymore. And part of the reason is that so many have stopped publishing. Mm-hmm. Or they've gone to an e-edition. I know there have been some Catholic publications that have done that recently. Is First Things still printed? I believe so. I mean, I think that we're seeing more and more magazines that begin to offer an online version only. And that's just the direction that it's going. I I wonder, I still talk to people who don't have computers. Uh You know, there's there's a generation that is not as computer literate. 
and they're going to lose these opportunities because more and more is just available online. And what advice, Kathy, would you give to uh, a young person who's thinking of starting up a, a, a good Catholic blog to help communicate the faith? Um, have a mission. Uh, know what it is that you want to do. When I set out to do it, I had three or four blog posts up before I ever told anybody it was there. I just sat down and started writing because I didn't want them to find my blog and have one article to read, and that's it. And I introduced myself at the beginning and talked about a teacher back in high school who had encouraged me to write. Mm -hmm. So I tried to, to build it a little bit first. And a lot of blogs are very particular. I think it was Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle who told me that she had different blogs for different purposes. She writes a blog that's about saints. She writes a blog that's about parenting. She writes another blog that's uh, uh, spiritual advice kinds of things, you know. And I don't do that. I mix it up. And I, I felt like, gosh, nobody can do that, really. That's just not the right way to do a blog. But there is no right way. You just have to be yourself. You use, you use alter characters in your blog. That's you right. Have, you have your own crew of guest bloggers. Yes, I have guest bloggers, but they're all written by me. And they're, they're various characters that mm -hmm. I've created. And again, because I, it's fun, you know, and I enjoy doing this, and, and the readers find them entertaining and amusing. One of the other things I'd say to anyone who's thinking about blogging is you have to read a lot in order to be able to write a lot. You, you have to be taking information in and be stimulated by new ideas, uh, be reading the scriptures, the lives of the saints. If you're a Catholic blogger, uh, you have to read the Catholic newspapers. You have to be interested and passionate about what you're writing about. Finally, that's, I think, really the, the joy of, of blogging is that people are writing about what they're passionate about, what they know about. And so you're, you're communicating with real experts very often. Uh, and people with a passion. And that's what's very often lacking in the professional writing field of journalism with newspapers and magazines, where an awful lot of journalists, uh, you know, they're, they're good writers, but, th but they're doing a job. They're, they're grinding out yet another, uh, you know, 1,500 words for today's article. And when you're blogging, you're saying what you want from your heart, and you're writing about something you're passionate about. And if it's the Catholic faith, then that passion also and that enthusiasm is being communicated in the words that we write, the pictures we choose, and the, the conversations we have. That's so true. And I do some writing for other sources, too. And I understand exactly. I'm at the point where it's difficult. Something has happened that I want to talk about on my blog. And I can't because I've got this other assignment that I have to get finished. Yes. And the, the, the verve isn't there. I have a hard time picking it up. You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and Kathy Schiffer is my guest today. She blogs at uh, Seasons of Grace. We've been talking about the exciting opportunities for the new evangelization in the new journalistic form of blogging. Uh, if you'd like to visit Kathy's blog and get to know her and, and uh, read the great stuff that she puts up there, go over to Seasons of Grace and look for Kathy Schiffer, and uh, the search engines will take you right there. If you want to read my blog, it's called Standing on My Head. The title comes from the quote from G.K. Testerton that a, a man is most often uh, able to see things more clearly if he sees them upside down. Uh, and so we encourage you to go and visit those blogs and, and be regular readers and pass on and share that news with others. Once again, this is More Christianity. My guest today is Kathy Schiffer. Kathy, thank you for being with us. Thank you, and God bless.